This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Youthful Energy, providing you with a unique energy support of pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause. Age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158, or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutin, because it's our weekly Q&A with Layla, and we're answering questions. But before we get to some of the new questions, I just want to follow up a little on the last question, which is about metabolic typing. Uh, some background on metabolic typing. I mean, the idea is that we can type people according to their optimal diets. Mm -hmm. And some people have made an effort around blood types, uh, notably uh, Dr. Dadamo. You're reading my mind. Uh, I was going to... A senior Dr. Dadamo, and then uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Um, what is his first name? Uh, the the young... His son, Dr. Uh, he just received an award. At oh, IHS. yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was Dr. Diadamo. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's his son. So yeah. he's second... He's like second generation uh, mm -hmm. blood typing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's developed a, a sophisticated system whereby he believes that certain blood types argue for certain diets. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to argue the merit of this. I think there's something there. I'm just not sure that that is the key to food selection par excellence. Yeah. Um, there's another... Uh, I can't eat for my blood type. AB positive. Oh. You'd be I, eating I, like a vegetarian diet. Oh, yeah. Uh, Forget about it. Yeah. I'm a type O and I'm eating type O and I do fine. Yeah. Yeah. Because typos are supposed to, they, they have problems with uh, wheat and dairy, mm -hmm. and but they can be carnivores. Mm -hmm. I, 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 then I'm me. eating more like an O myself right. because I, okay. I, A, B, uh, no. You're the Jesus Christ blood type. Oh, my. Yeah. They say Jesus was an A, B. Mm. Um, so metabolic typing mm -hmm. uh, was, one form of metabolic typing was first developed by a dentist named William Donald Kelly in uh -huh. Texas. Yeah. And the story goes, and it's, I think, partially true, it sounds apocryphal, is that he was diagnosed where he was had a very successful orthodontic practice in the early days of orthodonture, where mm -hmm. this was like a brand new field, and people would come from all over to get their teeth straightened. It was like, believe it yeah. or not, this was like a brand new thing, and then like the 1940s and 50s. And so he was doing great, making a ton of money, driving around in a Cadillac, and all of a sudden, he had some stomach pain, and they diagnosed him with terminal pancreatic cancer. Oof. And it, you know, he was in his forties. Yeah. And so it was the death knell. So he, you know, went, told his mom that he was checking out, and his mother said, "No, no, you don't have to die because I know a way whereby you can survive. If you would simply go on a vegetarian diet, eat tons of vegetables and juice." Carrot juice mm. detox your body. Yeah, a gallon of carrot juice is yeah, right. You you can survive. Mm. And uh, also, he added an element. I think he began to do pancreatic enzymes. Um, and then, lo and behold, he survived. Mm. And and you know, so he was expected to die, and he survived. And word got out, and pretty soon, people were coming to his dental practice, not to straighten their teeth, 
but because they had cancer. Yeah. And he was treating them with this detox diet with some degree of success. A lot mm -hmm. of people got better, but for some reason, not everybody got better. And so then his wife, who was on his same diet, got really sick. She developed terrible allergies, skin problems, uh, you know, her... Let me guess, too alkaline. There you go. Yes. Okay. Yes. So this, he developed this theory that certain diets are acidic, which are carnivore diets. Yes. And certain diets are alkaline. But too alkaline means you get very prone to allergies mm -hmm. and you get very prone to skin problems, desiccation. But it also certain types of cancer are associated with alkalinity, like blood cancers. So he leukemias. developed this. Yeah, right. Lymphomas, leukemias. So, so you, you wouldn't get, it wasn't a one size fits all. So he mm -hmm. refined the program developed some forms of testing to determine whether you're acid or alkaline. Wolcott did that too, acid alkaline uh -huh. testing, which again is a tough thing to do. I, I Acid alkaline is a it's really It's very tricky. tightly controlled in the blood, but and, for and the people using the urine sticks, eat, yeah. have a green smoothie, you're going to be alkaline for a few hours, then it's going to revert back to yeah. normal. The body's always looking for saliva, equilibrium. blood, you know, yeah. try to do it, you know, and by the time the blood comes out of your body, it changes, It's the, it, yeah. the pH changes. So it's... Yeah. You know, you almost have to do arterial blood sticks, which are hard. That's hard, um, yeah. But so... Um, he and tried. So, so mm -hmm. and, and you actually want to look at venous blood anyway. So it didn't work, uh, as far as I was concerned, to determine acid alkaline. Yeah. So subsequently, there was a Ernest Young med student who decided to do a project and said, yeah, there's this crazy guy in Texas who claims he's curing cancer. I'm going to investigate him because I want to debunk him. Hmm. And that was Dr. Uh, Gonzalez, uh, my Nicholas good colleague here, Nicholas, Nicholas Gonzalez. Gonzalez. And he went down there, and instead of debunking him, he became an acolyte. He just wow. followed uh, uh, Donald Kelly around yeah. and found that, and by the way, he's, he was an extremely eccentric man. He was mm -hmm. a very weird person, but he mm. did seem to heal a lot of people. And so... Uh, mm -hmm. Gonzalez said, wow, this is going to give me a, new, a direction in my professional career. I'm going to use this theory. I'm going to refine it. And he developed the Gonzalez method, yeah, yeah. which was, you know, he fully admitted that Donald Kelly inspired him. Yes. And yeah. so that if you went to uh, Gonzalez, he would do certain testing and determine if you were acid or alkaline or that you, you, you had Right. Autonomic, cancerous. parasympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. All of Okay, so then mm -hmm. uh, he treated patients, and he actually had tremendous success often with patients, but he also did a very elaborate detoxification with coffee enemas, coffee enemas and, and, and dry skin brushing and, you know, yeah. and supplements up the wazoo. Like, yeah. literally, you would take like... 60, 80 supplements a day. Even more. You know, yeah. pancreatic enzymes to the max. So it was very arduous. He had to be an exceptionally motivated patient, but patient, he cured people of, like, terminal disease. Yeah. So, okay, so um, he died, unfortunately, mm -hmm. an untimely death in yes. his early 60s. And now there are people who are perpetuating it. And I've done a podcast with the people who are perpetuating it. They have a simple system, which is metabolic typing. Mm. And I, I don't have the URL on that, but it's yeah. the Gonzalez Metabolic Typing. Okay. And you can purchase it online mm -hmm. and do it. And it's very rudimentary. It's not like seeing Dr. Gonzalez or Dr. Right. Kelly with a personal touch that they would offer, but that, it does give you a baseline at least. Now yeah. I did it mm -hmm. and they told me I was a mixed carnivore, not like a radical, yeah. you know, 
you know, heavy meat only thing. Right. But that I was sort of a moderate carnivore, according to the testing. My characteristics mm-hmm. match that. And that's the way I am now. And I think it works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So metabolic typing is pretty much, it's stationary. It doesn't change over time. I, I think it's, could, it could be dynamic. Yeah. I, it may be that to take you from a very alkaline state, you may want to go radical. Yeah. Uh, which I did for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I, I saw doctors, I don't have cancer, but I, I had mm-hmm. like a really bothersome skin itch problem. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and it cured it. You know, I, I, but it, for a while Terrific. I had to eat a lot of meat. I had to take a lot of acidifying supplements. Mm-hmm. And um, isn't that something? I'm wondering. I'm wondering how many listeners are cringing right now. You had to eat a lot of meat. You had to take acidifying yeah, supplements. Yeah, yeah. But this is diet therapy at its finest. It, it got me. It really back is. into equilibrium, and now I don't have to have yeah. lamb chops for breakfast. You don't have to hunt the know. woolly mammoth and right. take it home on your back and chop it up, yeah. put it on the grill. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That so, is really something. So, that, so that's a little bit on metabolic typing, which I think I fascinates me, but I just can't really get a handle on it. And I know yeah. that there are doctors who do it, and they do it, you know, some of them quite well, uh, but I don't so much do it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I sometimes do it intuitively. I see somebody and go, I, you're eating wrong. I can tell. Um, yeah. And I, you do it as well. I think. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But not formally. I think in the mm-hmm. future, maybe we'll have much better genetic testing, which can tell us about that, you know? Yeah, remains to be seen. Yeah, we look forward to anything on the horizon like that. That would be great. Everybody's looking for definitive answers on how should I eat for my life. Well, and know, that I can, can change over time. What I can tell you is that we, we're yeah. pretty good at spotting people who are carb-sensitive, and we yes. can see the hallmarks of that. Elevated hemoglobin A1c, mm-hmm. weight gain, bad cholesterol to HDL ratio. Yes. Uh, high did I say high triglycerides? Uh, Maybe these, blood pressure. Right. These are yeah. some things that indicate a propensity to insulin resistance, which is actually the most common problem. Yeah. If you, if you recognize that, you can get 60% of patients well. That's true. And, you know, and but it would really fatty tackle liver, fatty, fatty liver. liver. Exactly. We have a question on fatty liver. We do. We do. You want to jump yeah. Ahead let's to that? see if we. We'll, yes. In fact, let's see here. We've got a question from Mark, Doctor Hoffman. I miss the good old days of listening to you on a powerful receiver. <laughs> I guess this is somebody else who's not getting a lot of radio. Anyway, uh, Mark is 54 years old. He has metabolic syndrome, but he has a more severe problem. He has fatty liver mm-hmm. that has gone into the early well, stages metabolic of syndrome, cirrhosis. Fatty liver. And so, actually, you get uh, you go from NAFLD, which is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, mm-hmm. uh, to NASH, non-alcoholic steatohepatitis, mm-hmm. which is uh, about one third of people with NAFLD yeah. get to NASH. And then a certain percentage of them go to liver fibrosis and cirrhosis. Yeah. So there's the, this is actually the number one cause of need for liver transplantation among women mm-hmm. and soon to become the number one cause of need for liver transplantation among men. Now that we're curing hepatitis C, yeah. it used, hepatitis C used to be the major cause uh, of, of course, along with alcoholism. Yeah. You know, David Crosby had a liver transplant, you know, I think alcohol related, maybe hepatitis related, uh, you know, infectious hepatitis. 
Um, just he died. died recently, just right? Died. I didn't he, know he, he had did, a liver transplant. He, he did, yeah, he had a long time ago. He did really well for many decades with a yeah. liver transplant. John yeah. Phillips also of uh, the Mamas and the Pap Papas? Had a liver transplant? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there's a hard Way drinking, back when. you know, rock stars. Right, 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 right. So, okay, so anyway, so, uh, mm -hmm. but diet alone can do this. And one of the major True. contributors to that is dietary sure. fructose. Yeah. Fructose. So too much in the way of candy, yeah. fructose, high fructose. Sometimes when we say fructose, soda. people think you know you're eating too much fruit. That's not it. I mean, it's too the much high fruit juice could do it. Sure, but that's juice, concentrating the fructose. You know exactly. But your a juice, handful of berries drinks. is not going to give you no. Yeah. No. And so exercise helps that reduces yeah. risk. Um, and you know many supplements are beneficial. Uh, I actually just read a uh, an article about. Uh, Nicotinamide riboside helping that. That's, you know, vitamin wow. B3 activated NAD mm -hmm. uh, helping liver. But, you know, less esoteric things that help that, if he's, if he's asking, yeah. are uh, silymarin, uh, phosphatidylcholine, uh, then. Yeah, he's uh, been taking milk thistle for. NAC, mm -hmm. alpha lipoic acid. These mm -hmm. are good things for the liver, for sure. Yeah. So, all right, Mark, these are some of the things. Uh, hopefully, you're under the care of a and, and probiotics. A, a good doctor. Because some of it comes, the liver damage comes from the microbiome. Yeah, and yeah. you know. Well, Mark is five feet eight, and he's two hundred and fifty-six pounds. Boom! He needs low carb diet. Absolutely. Actually, some studies even show a keto diet can be helpful for that. Absolutely. Sure. So he needs to lose that weight, but maybe he's on yeah. meds that perpetuate his weight. You know, Could we don't be. have the whole story here. That's true. Topral. That's years. a bit of a slower downer. Yeah, Coreg. Was changed to Coreg recently from Topral. Another beta broker. That's all yeah. pretty pretty much says here. But mm -hmm. Mark, we hope you get better. But it's okay. this is a real case for dietary and nutritional intervention. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We've got a. And by the way, there is yeah. no treatment. There's no treatment mm -hmm. for uh, cirrhosis. Uh, there's no, they're look. It's like a Transplant. holy grail of medicine. No, there's no treatment oh. for for fatty liver. They're oh. looking for a drug that's going to fix it, and they keep come, drawing a blank. It is a nutritional problem par excellence. Yeah, well, you know, there's no money to follow, so they're not looking at nutrition. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. Maggie sends us an email. This is interesting. Is anyone concerned about the silicone co uh, cooking utensils and baking containers now being sold to cooks? I've searched the internet. I've not found anything, but I'm still worried that they may not be as inert as they say. Well, What's I did, your take? I did a little digging. Good. All right. So the silicone, it, it, it is said not to leach at high temperatures, mm -hmm. all this kind of thing, like if you're using a silicone spatula, right, right in, in hot things. But some of the silicone baking, like the muffin tins, if you mm -hmm. will, like mm -hmm. like some of those things, they're only good for up to maybe 300 degrees, but if you're going higher than that, there may be some leaching. Do they have other substances in them, possibly? That possibly could, that is right. actually coming out. If Phthalates it's not a pure, or things like that. Yeah, right. but it's not, it's not a plastics thing at all. Okay. It's a silicone thing, but again, it might have other, uh, other uh, things, other chemicals but you, If you have not the silicone. cooker, you want to use a silicone uh, Absolutely, that's true. Because you want yeah. to scrape the uh, surface. Exactly. Right. I like using a silicone spatula for that. Mm -hmm. I like using it in trying to get all the mayonnaise out of the bottom <laughs> of the, the right. jar that right. you can't get with right. the, with a right. spoon or right. something like that. I but use, I don't I, like to use I the use baking stuff. 
Use just, your finger. It's not long enough, though. Right. Exactly. You got to get really in there. Oh my gosh. But using the baking stuff, you may want to beware that you don't go over 300. I don't like to use these silicone spatulas when I'm cooking a big mm -hmm. pot of soup to stir or so. I just don't like it hanging right. out in there, but I will use it on most of the nonstick. Apropos, they use a lot of silicone in uh, right. cosmetic surgery and breast implants and chin implants and you yes. know, so on. And, uh, you know, that's the problem is that it can leak and mm -hmm. it is once it's, I mean, this is different than ingesting it in orally, but when you put it in the body, it can, can uh, translocate. Yeah. And it can, the bags that hold the breast implants, uh, can burst. Yeah. And leak silicone. And that causes a really devastating uh, autoimmune inflammatory reaction. We, we actually just saw a case study, uh, when we went to the, the Integrative Healthcare oh, Symposium. Yeah. I think this was on Saturday. I'm not sure if maybe it was Friday, but a doctor there rep, uh, talked about a case study of a young woman who just wasn't getting better. And then finally, he actually had a picture of the, the silicone implants oh that were leaking. Oh, my silicone horrible. So once they were removed, yeah. she had a dramatic it probably turnaround. Probably like, like a shotgun blast to the chest. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. And they yeah. were, yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Poor, anyway, so she got better. She yeah. started to really, really get better. It took time. Okay. You know, I mean, she did everything that, that he advised mm -hmm. her to do from an autoimmune right. integrative yeah. standpoint, diet standpoint. Yeah supplements but until these implants were removed we, we had an unusual case and I'll, I'll never forget this case we had a yeah. woman who uh, had breast implants and she was lighting her oven in the day you know, there's, there's a pilot light in the oven yeah the old-fashioned ovens yes and uh, the gas had been on and she put it lit a match she put it in the oven the gas had been on and the oven exploded and it ruptured her silicone implants oh my goodness sending the material all through her uh, connective tissue in her chest and she developed some severe autoimmunity. Um, so there's, wow. a, yeah, there's a lot of concern about that. Um, there was a lot of controversy about that because they tried to, um, to get Dow Corning, who made the silicone implants, off the hook on that. And they wrote, sci a lot, I remember a scientific article saying, no problem, silicone's perfectly safe in the yeah. body. And yet, Anecdotally, there were people who developed this, and they said, "Well, you know, women develop these autoimmune problems. How do you know that it was related to the, oh, to the implants?" Oh, it's right. just pesky for women. Yeah, right. Yeah. There, so many women develop these autoimmune conditions. But yeah. we, we can't I mean, just because they had a breast implant and then they got it. Then it's like we can't really establish that. Right. So they they went through litigation, and I don't know what ended up happening. Mm. Wow. Anyhow, Maggie, thank you for that question on silicone. I I don't use. I don't like to use it in a whole lot of high heat, anything, really, quite frankly. But it's great for getting to the bottom of the jar of anything you're trying to get to. Yeah. Those spatulas, those are great. I have a, I have a silicone uh, skin, uh, I have to wear a, a cap, you know, in the pool, mm -hmm. a swim cap, and those last forever. The rubber ones uh, deteriorate, but silicone is like, I mm. think I had the last one for like five years before it tore. Wow. Wow. Okay. Oh, we've got a nice note here from Tom. The excellence of your show's podcast only increases with time. I've listened for like nearly... Like a fine wine. Like a fine wine. <laughs> I've listened for nearly the entire duration of Dr. Hoffman's broadcast career. Wow. I've benefited this guy immensely. Must be this guy must be ancient. Oh, my gosh. Well, he's had... He's been dealing... 
He says, I've suffered from chronic depression for 50 years, failed to respond to any SSRIs prescribed by my doctors. After hearing about depression and the possible link between folate and vitamin D B12 discussed on your show 10 years ago, I paid to have my blood levels of folate B12 checked in an independent lab. My folate was fine, but my B12 was abysmal. Wow. Then I paid for a genetic health study yeah. and discovered that I didn't methylate well. So she had what's called the MTHFR yes. polymorphism, where right. you need more B12, yeah. folate, exactly. and B6. And the methylated forms. I started a methylated B vitamin supplement nearly 10 years ago. I have been depression-free ever wow. since. I must also add... I started a high fish oil regimen at the same time after listening to se listening to several guests on Intelligent Medicine talking about the benefits of lots of fish oil wow. for treating depression. I feel like a veil has been lifted. I bear no malice for the failure of the tr traditional MDs who treated me and failed to consider obtaining a vitamin B12 blood level. They didn't even check his B12. That is essential. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I got to say, I, I disagree with him. I think in this day and age, it's malpractice not to check B12 levels in a patient with depression. Sure. It, I mean, that really neurological problems. But I, I think that most psychiatrists would agree. Yeah. Uh, it just they may not get around to doing it. Right. 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 And traditionally trained physicians are victims of pharmaceutical indoctrination, even though they should know better. So. Please continue to encourage your listeners plagued by depression right. to insist on getting tested for potential metabolic causes of depression. This, so, is, this is quite the case So he's study. teeing me up for a segue because I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I read extensively and not always on medical subjects, you know, just for pleasure. But I'm reading now a history called Desperate Remedies, Psychiatry's Turbulent Quest to Cure Mental Illness. And it's a history of psychiatry in America and you know how they used to treat psychiatric patients and it's a history lobotomy. of horrible yes i'm right up now i'm reading the chapter on lobotomy chain them up in the attic and, in the basement well I'm sorry yeah That's it horrible. was uh you know various treatments like they would do like cold treatments hot treatments they'd put you in a tub of ice water for you know like they do all kinds of crazy things yeah they would do operations where yeah, a lot of hysterectomies were popular uh they would do Wow. Colectomies, because they thought that some infection in the bowel was the cause of the problem, which is actually, we're coming back to, is not that we should do colectomies, yeah, but, but the, the, the gut affects the, the gut, brain. The microbiome. They right? would pull everybody's teeth. They would do shock therapy. Remember, one flew over the cuckoo's oh, nest, of course. Oh, yeah. Lots of shock therapy. Yeah. But then they would do, uh, the, they discovered that... Um, shock therapy is still happening. Oh yeah, well, but right. it, it's a more refined shock therapy where they, you know, okay. it's, it's right. like what it. I mean, all okay. kinds of vogues that they went through, uh, and they would give people medication that would cause seizures. It was called seizure therapy and insulin therapy too. The insulin therapy, yeah, they would, you know, to lower you, to, to create, crash their blood sugar to crash the to cause a seizure. And to, uh, it was like, it's kind of like reboot, rebooting your computer, you know, yeah. like, but very, very harsh treatments. And the most eminent psychiatrists, heads of Yale, Harvard, you know, Johns Hopkins, yeah. they were endorsing this therapy. Mm -hmm. The New York Times was writing about mm -hmm. the marvels of shock therapy mm -hmm. in the 1940s and beyond. Mm -hmm. And celebrities were doing this. Um, there was, uh, the guy who was recently in a movie, 
Uh, he was named, uh, I think, uh, he, he was part of the Enigma deciphering in England. His name was Turing, uh-huh. and uh, T-U-R-I-N-G, and he was homosexual, so already they thought he, was, he had a mental illness. And uh, so they uh, incarcerated him, they gave him shock therapy, I mean, he was a shell of a man by the time they released him, and then he committed suicide. Um, wow. So the, the wow. I mean, horrible, horrible things that they've done in psychiatry uh, in a heroic effort to cure people. And then, of course, they stopped doing these things because they came up with these drugs. Yeah. And the drugs enabled them to close a lot of mental hospitals and release a lot of people onto the streets. And as we long now as have they the homeless sit on their meds, yeah. Who don't stay on their meds. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I, I routinely see yeah. very assaultive mentally disturbed people on the streets of New York. Yes, and, I do too. And most of them are, are docile, yeah. and, but many then, you know, do really wild things. And I saw one guy the other day, I was walking down the street, and uh, it was on 49th Street and uh, Madison Avenue. It was a really busy street. And the guy, I said, I got to get away from this guy because he's acting erratically, and he's yelling, and he's yelling yeah. at people. I got to cross the street. So I cross the street, and then I see him. He runs back, and he attacks a bicycle messenger jumps on a bicycle messenger and the bicycle messenger I guess he, he the bicycle messenger was big enough and formidable enough and another bicycle messenger showed up and then then the guy okay. retreated okay no cops nothing no. and the guy went on his merry way so this the I've often walked off subway cars to get on a different subway car because there was a problem there was somebody who was becoming violent or was very erratic. I'm like, okay, I'm not staying on this subway you car. Need, I'm going to get off at the next stop. You need your head on a I've swivel. It, exactly. You can't be looking on your phone yeah. at the, on yep. the subway anymore. Yeah, yeah. No? You, oh. you need situational awareness. Absolutely. So anyway, so talking about the... The book yeah. is interesting uh, if you want to learn about the... And what it also points out is, you know, in many mm-hmm. areas of medicine, we've done really horrible things. And the... The uh, yeah. leaders of medicine have been really irresponsible in going down the rabbit hole on some pretty uh, barbaric treatments in yeah. the history of medicine. You know, from bloodletting to fever therapy to oh, and a lot of the people uh, had syphilis at the time. You know, and yeah. they didn't recognize that they had right. an infection mm-hmm. that caused their mental problems. They had tertiary syphilis, and you mm-hmm. know, so these so but. Uh, a third of the people who were in mental asylums were people who had advanced syphilis. Yeah. And uh, the old treatment for syphilis, I believe, was arsenic. Arsenicals, yeah. and then they used, uh, you know, uh, silver. It's called silver. Before stand. antibiotics. Paul Ehrlich developed a partially effective yeah. treatment. Um, and uh, it was only around World War II that they came up with penicillin yeah. that actually was the effective treatment. So syphilis still exists. It's not something that's gone away. And it's come back. It's, and, it's, it's, and it's something that is now being routinely checked for anybody complaining of dementia. Mm. And, and which proper. is a good place that's to proper. look. That's proper, yeah. Wow. Right. right. Wow. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, uh, yes. but I hope you've enjoyed our digressions. <laughs> we have a couple of questions left in the mailbag, but uh, we need to refurbish it. So yes, send, send us your questions. Questions at drhoffman.net. And I hope that you found it as beneficial as did. You know, really happy to hear that uh, mm-hmm. we're making a difference for some people out there. And yes, it's kind of like healing by remote control because we haven't <laughs> even met these people. That's very, yeah. very gratifying to it me is. personally. I'm it sure really, it is really to you, is. Layla. Yeah. 
Thank you very much for joining us. I'm Dr. Roland Hoffman, uh, drhoffman.com for more information. Uh, you can also uh, download a, a very useful intelligent medicine special report, uh, which is entitled Immunity Reset. Just go to uh, drhoffman.com, click on the Read drop-down menu, and then click Immunity Reset. Also, for supplements, uh, go to drhoffmanstore.com, and there you can find uh, many of the supplements that we talk about here in this program at great prices and uh, very carefully curated to make sure that they uh, deliver the potency and mm -hmm. uh, purity that we demand the highest quality yep. uh, supplements available. Thank you, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. Uh, this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.